Jeff and Robert on the show. What is happening, Robert? It's oh, been Jeff's a while. Here. What's up? Hi. I said, oh, Jeff's here. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. What's going cool. on? Um, Christmas, trying to recover from Christmas, trying to recover from being sick, but taking a bunch of taking a bunch of rapid tests and saying I don't have COVID, which is very weird because when I was sick over the holiday, it felt just like it did when I had COVID. <laughs> I, I don't know how. Somebody from... Um, Somebody from my in-laws snuck into my parents' Christmas party and got everybody sick. Got my stepdad sick. Got my little brother sick. Um, yeah, it rules. So uh, all you scumbags that don't want to get vaccinated, um, I hate you. Yeah, it's all your fault, dude. Like, knock it off. Oh, it, li- it literally is. But yeah, yeah. All these people sick. All I've been, people sick. I've been out sick from, from work all week. So, like, literally the whole week. Like, I went in Monday morning got tested and like came home almost immediately. <laughs> um, yeah. And like the weird, the wild thing about it is that like, they basically like put you in like a sick room and where you just like sit and wait with other sick people to get tested. Like students, parents, it's like, it's very egalitarian. Like it's the students and children, like all just like thrown in the sick room, just like chilling <laughs> like while you wait to Terrible. get tested. Yeah. Um, but, um, well, yeah. I mean, how is, uh, for people who don't listen to the show religiously, um, you're a teacher. How yeah. is that going? That's oh, very boy. interesting to me because everything I read is just like every school is just like a COVID ground zero flashpoint. I mean, I'll put it like this. I'm not going to say which school I work at. I will say I work in Jefferson Parish, but I will say this. Um, most of schools, like almost all of them are essentially just like filled with sick people right now. Like, like teachers are like the first week I went back, um, was, <laughs> was, was like right after Christmas, we still went back on like the third and, um, mm-hmm. we had 11 people out. Like I've been pulled to be a sub. I've been like all kinds of stuff where it's just like, yeah, you're just, you know, you're, you're basically not doing the job that it, it, it it's almost impossible to do the job that's like your job. You know what I mean? Because it's just so much, so much like, I mean, the week that we went back, there was an article that came out in NOLA.com where it just essentially said, yeah, we just basically hit our peak for COVID. Like right after, right after, um, let me see if I can find the article. But like it essentially said, we just like totally just peaked out on COVID like the week we went back, like, like, thousands of cases in Jefferson Parish schools. We had definitely peaked out as far as cases in the state. I mean, it was, it was, hopefully we're on the downslope of this, but, um, but, um, yeah, we, we had seen that it looked like, you know, thousands, you know, 7,000 cases, 10,000 cases per day in Louisiana. It was nuts. And then, you know, we'd see like two, 3,000 in Jefferson and Orleans on the same day. It, it was it was wild just looking at it. 
so yeah so like how do the how do the parents feel about all this because i mean i i can't really tell you what i've what i've heard is like some parents are terrified to send their kids to school parents who can are like holding their kids back others uh -huh. are just like oh well the kids should be at school like that's uh -huh. the best place for them so what i mean what's really going on i mean like look there's definitely like it's really complicated and difficult because I th and I think the people that are getting it right are the teachers in Chicago and the and the school workers in Chicago because like they're the ones that are like actually pushing back and and saying like hey we need to go remote like the safest place for kids right now and the safest place for everybody is at home in my opinion um, but since that option is essentially just taken off the table and it's and it's just basically dictated to us that like all right, you're going back to school. And like the fact that it's really difficult to fight back right now. Um, and not all teachers are on the same page with that um, is, is kind of rough, you know, and here, here I found the article uh, COVID record COVID cases hit Jefferson Parish schools in first week back after winter break. So uh, here's the article uh, for just four days into the new semester. Sir, Jefferson Parish schools have seen more student and faculty positive coronavirus cases than at any time during the pandemic, according to numbers provided by the school system. Um, for the week of January 4th to 7th, 525 students and 267 faculty and staff have reported um, positive COVID cases. That is a total of 792 positive cases across the system, um, which is 50,000 students and like, you know, 5,000 adults or so. So that, I mean, 700 cases is significant. I mean, it's pushing on, pushing on, you know, 1% of the school population. In addition, 2006 students and staff were quarantined last week, which is, which is, which is wild. Um, the first week back from winter break, that's less than were quarantined in August and more than 3000 were quarantined in the week before hurricane Ida hit. Um, just to finish off, the Jefferson Parish School System are not alone in facing rampaging Omicron-fueled surge. Orleans and St. Tammany Parishes, the metro areas, other large school districts are seeing sky-high number of positive cases and quarantines as well. Um, and New Orleans Public Schools uh, reported that most recent data showed that 1,636 cases uh, of students, which is way more than us, and almost, you know, almost 600 staff cases, um, including some people that I know. And then all the in in like while this is happening, which is also crazy, they had the um, stuff that we talked about last week that I talked about last week on air with the uh, did, we, did, did you know about this the school board member that was like also like he talked about how he hated teachers and like we were the fall. I heard about this scumbag. Oh my god, it was it was um, that was all. He stepped down um, just to kind of like f like freshen up folks that were also not here. There was this dude, Raphael Rafidi, who was like a local business contractor type guy. Uh, he uh, was a member of the school board for like a week. <laughs> he got like added to the school board. Um, How did he even get all? Yeah, you know about this. How did he even like get voted in? Because he's a business off, guy. Out, like, just, yeah, like, he didn't win an election, right? No, he, he didn't was... win an election. He was right, added. Just make sure. So this dude, so just to really quick. Um, this guy named Raphael Rafidi, he is a like, like business contractor type guy, um, that and I have an article up as well. Um, so I can just read from that. 
Um, controversial appointee from Jefferson Parish School Board has resigned from the post three days after the Jefferson Parish School Board asked him to step down. And this is like a week after he was added to the school board. So on essentially the Tuesday, January 7th, the day after January 6th, um, he they essentially put out a statement because there was a lot of... Um, so, so that was on Friday. Seventh mm-hmm. was on Friday. He was um, on Wednesday. Wednesday was the school board meeting. Yeah. So Wednesday the um, Wednesday the fifth was the day that he was added to the school board. Um, a lot of reports came out that he was <laughs> he was that about his like posts and like again I don't care about people being like rude online. They could be a school you could be a school board member if you're rude online or whatever. But like at the board meeting. There was like a lot of there was discussion about like should we add this guy because of his social media posts or whatever and essentially the consensus was that like oh you just got to clean it up and then on Thursday the sixth uh, the anniversary of January sixth the 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 sort of like riot at the Capitol it turned like it, it it surfaced that he was there he was posting about it and also that he had a post from like 2019 and I can find the uh, the post. Um, but teachers are the fall of uh, teachers are the fall of uh, our children in this country. Essentially, was the, the sense of it. Like we're just a bunch of like um, a bunch of like leeches. Like literally, this dude was like a teacher hater, and <laughs> and and eventually he just like stepped down because of it. So, but but the thing is, the really sort of like wild thing about all this is, is that he, like. The school board specifically, like the pe- the business people that were on the school board, knew about all this stuff. They thought they can get it past us. They voted for him to to be added to the school board, and then <laughs> and then they basically were like, oh, when they got caught in 4K, they're like, oh, you got to step down. You can't do this. You can't be on the school board right. anymore. And like, um, what they're turning it into essentially is, um. So here's the article. Here's his quote from like what he had to say. He's like, quote, I recognize some of my past social media posts representative of my passion for my country may have offended others. So like they're turning it into a cancel culture thing, right? You, you can't even go around like hating teachers um, because of, you know, or you're going to get canceled for it, essentially. Um, for that, I am sorry. He continues, my my Palestinian and Honduran parents immigrated to this country with nothing but their faith in the American dream, he wrote. These scumbags are quick to fall back on ID politics. Yeah, they're literally conservatives. Something scummy every time. Like literally conservatives do like ID politics just as much as libs do. (laughs) Like it's it's kind of crazy. They're more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Just to kind of continue on. My Palestinian Honduran, oh, sorry, I got that part. They raised me to be a devout Catholic husband and father and to love my country for the freedom it provides. <laughs> like, literally, he's talking about that. Like, like, he's getting canceled for, like, freedom, like, like for expressing his freedom. Um, and I'm, I'm, like, a very high-profile, like, immigrant. He's, like, you know, <laughs> it makes me almost, like, think of, like, oh, this guy's, like, trying to be Hamilton or something. Like, he's trying to be Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> He's trying to like, it's just he's just trying to ID Paul himself out of a, not even a bad situation for him. It's just a slight embarrassment. Um, but yeah, I just read about this scumbag, and it just seems like this is going around. It seems like 
it seems like teachers unions are being attacked. Oh yeah. Uh, by by, like, by somehow by the way. they're the bad guys and mm-hmm. the teachers are lazy. Like it seems like every decade, no matter COVID, no COVID, whatever. Mm-hmm. This is like, oh yeah, teachers are the scum of the earth. Like it it goes around and then it burns out and then like conservatives like somehow drum it back up and it goes around and it gets mm-hmm. burnt out again. It's really weird. And, and and probably more than anybody um that I mean again, you expect the right wing like conservatives or whatever, like they're expected to be like anti-union all the time. And then like when when like high profile libs like Nicole Hannah Jones from the 1619 project and all these people mm. start doing the same exact stuff except like they start doing it from a like woke perspective like oh these white teachers or whatever are really making it difficult for parents of color who you know when when and when you actually look at the data and when you actually look at like who's saying you know who's not sending their kids to school it's it's by and and by the way teachers aren't just all white (laughs) but just let's get that one straight right Uh like teaching is one of the most diverse um one of the most like diverse fields and and it's overwhelmingly people of color. It's overwhelmingly women, um, men, like white men, like me, are the minority of teachers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. like the way that um, that libs sort of like weaponize that identity politics to essentially try and get you know workers in line is is it's it's kind of like it's not shocking because it's something that like that they they do that for everything, but like it's it's sort of like lays things pretty lays things out pretty pretty starkly and pretty clearly you know what i mean it's just it's weird man like we, we and i say i feel like teachers are in the same uh teachers are in the same category as like service workers and healthcare mm-hmm. people during during the pandemic I'm or essential like, workers oh you're keeping the society society going and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden like Oh, like we're all gonna turn on you, and you're all lazy and terrible. Mm-hmm. But the difference now is, I feel like with social media, like those voices are get clapped back on, like mm-hmm. immediately get stamped out of just mm-hmm. like when I see a video, you know, kind of like where a guy. I saw that video of the guy at Burger King who just had enough with some rude lady, and he's cussing at her or whatever. <laughs> and I feel like the difference now is just like people are just like, yeah, it's like, he should be able to do that. He don't get paid enough to deal with her mm-hmm. to where I feel like that wasn't the case even three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Like people stood up for, there is like a sea change. It feels like, it feels like of people standing up for, for labor and mm-hmm. workers and just like, we're not going to take it. Like, and you know, like at a Burger King, like I literally need to see them like spit in my food before I, We'll we'll get upset. Like I just, <laughs> right. it's just not worth it. Yeah. And, and, in a lot of ways too, um, there. And we could do, actually kind of transition to this, but we got to do station ID real quick. You're listening to sure. WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. Um, you can also see that like this is definitely um, getting like politicized from the perspective of workers. When you look at when you look at um, when you look at Starbucks workers who are right now organizing unions more than I'd ever seen, like, like, um, in New York and Buffalo, there was a really great, um, there was a really great, uh, map that I actually posted it on, on my Facebook and on Twitter. Yes. Uh, either yesterday or the day before of 
um, where are what states and what places are um, workers from Starbucks uh, organizing unions? Right now we have, um, this is as of yesterday, it might have been updated more because these things are popping up like mushrooms every day. Um, but Boston, Massachusetts, Buffalo, New York, Hopewell, New Jersey, yeah. uh, Cleveland, Ohio, Knoxville, Tennessee, Tallahassee, Florida, uh, Chicago, Illinois, Broomfield, Colorado, Me- Mesa, Arizona, Eugene, Oregon, and, and Seattle, Washington, which is, by the way, the heart of Starbucks. Um, like all these places are where they have been new Starbucks unions, like just popping up. It's awesome. Like unions are popping off right now. It's great. They are. It's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, now, yeah, at the same that's... time, and, and thank you for the sober analysis by um, friend of the show and, and multiple time guest Connor Lewis, that like, while that's happening, the number, the raw number of union members over the past, like even last year to this year has gone down. But anyway, go ahead. You were making a point. No, I was going to say it's just like it feels I haven't seen this kind of support for unions in my lifetime. Yeah. So uh, it's the only thing good right now on the leftist political power landscape besides, Mm -hmm. you know, not besides. It's just like everywhere you look, it seems like we're we're seeding ground and losing ground. Well, yeah, because well, I mean, if you look at the politics, the sphere, federal government. So, yeah, that's what I mean. The politics, the federal government so ineffective. Well, not just like ineffective, but like, you know, all those promises that like Joe Biden made from right. essentially like, I mean, it was a tweet that came up yesterday that was from like two years ago um, from Kamala Harris. It was like literally from 2020 uh, or 2021. I can't. It was 2020 um, when like the you know, the election was sort of popping off and she was like trying to say, hey, we need uh, to stop everything and we need to give workers $2,000. And, and you look at it now and basically they won't even, they, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, we, we're not doing any of that stuff. Um, literally the Trump administration gave more money to Americans than the Biden administration did. It's crazy, man. It's like literally crazy how, um, how, how little Democrats have done in terms of like they've done good in terms of like messaging for the vaccine i guess but like it's not actually gotten people to get the vaccine everywhere um but like when it comes to like like locking back down when covid just like popped off again which it's doing right now they ain't no interest in that they're they're basically like they've given up Yeah, COVID's like, am I crazy or is like COVID's worse now than it was at the height of the pandemic? Like There's more when cases. it was last year, it's worse. There's more cases. And, we're, and we've just given up. Yeah, there's definitely more cases now than there was uh, two years ago. But like what, what ends up happening, and this, this happens often enough with the Democrats, is, you know, they'll when when they're not in charge, they're ready to sort of like talk the talk and and be tough about like burning it all down or whatever. And then as soon as they get, um, and and then by the way, they promised the moon when, um, when they, when they say, well, they promised the moon short of, uh, Medicare for all, (laughs) you know, like they, like that's too far. Especially when they have no actual intention or mechanism to deliver on what they say that they want to do. So like, Joe Biden gets elected. Oh, wow. Um, we really did want to like have an agenda, but oh, dang it. Kristen Cinema and uh, Joe Manchin just like 
got in the way. So, you know, what you going to do? Guess we just need to focus on voting rights. Oh, they're stepping in the way for that, too. You know, I guess we can't do anything. We'll put our hands in our pockets. And like Jen Psaki, the like it, literally the most West Wing brain thing I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, she she was like in a um, one of these press conferences things the other day, and some some reporter asked them like, "Hey, um, do you think that things are going poorly? You know, maybe we need to make some changes or anything." And Jen Saki is like, "We've done everything that you could possibly ever want, um, and you know everything that we." We're fighting for everything. You know, what do you want us to do? You know, p pass something through Congress that says uh, the American people like like bunnies or something like that. It was really, really condescending and like super duper like Sorkin brain stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing is, um, this is why people who are like are not locked in. Like they're not on team. You know, reactionary. They're not like totally bought over to the right wing, but this is why people feel the way they feel. Cause they feel like, look how ineffective the government is. Like mm -hmm. we're on our own anyway. And they're right. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's like, why would you vote for these people? Like that, if anything, I was saying this the other day, um, the, the federal government's COVID response under Joe Biden is making libertarians just look like galaxy brain people. It's yeah. just like, look, the worst see, people we told in the world. You, we, yeah, we were right. We were right the whole time. You were on your own and you have to get your, you have to do for yourself. And it's like, that's at some point, what I want people, what I want people who listen to the show, what I want them to be able to tell their, um, their right wing Republican, you know, voting family and friends is like, look, you're going to pay taxes. Like that's what we're doing here in America. Mm -hmm. Like your tax money's it, it's coming out of your check. So what, since that money's already coming out, what do you want the government to do with it? Mm. Because like right now you're not getting the services you pay for and you're not getting them under a uh, Biden administration nor Trump administration it has nothing to do with left, right, blue, red. It's like, you need to advocate like that money's supposed to be for us. Like if, if, if a federal government is not, if we're going to tell people, oh, we're not going to have a federal response to a to a global pandemic, then what are you even good for? Mm. Then I guess we should just like build our Mad Max roadsters and we should just be on our own. Like we should just break down as a society because what what is my tax money for? Mm -hmm. And you really have to like communicate like to that to people is like, look, you don't let the government swindle you. And they'll try to be like, well, yeah, that's why, you know, we should have libertarian freedom and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, you're going to pay taxes. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. So you need to advocate of where you want that money to go. Right. And it should be going back to you. No, but, but, but I mean, again, that's sort of like one of those problems. Well, I mean, again, you're talking to potentially somebody who like is normal, but thinks they're a libertarian or whatever. Um, but like, I don't know the, the, the problem that keeps coming up with those kinds of questions and those kinds of conversations is that these are people that think like taxation is theft. Any action by the federal government is, um, is, <laughs> it's tyranny and well, it's that, not going to change. Like you got to get that. We, you can sit here and say tax. I, I know what you're saying. And that's my thing is uh -huh. you can sit here and say taxation is theft to your blue in the face. Like that, that's not going to change. So they're going to take it. They're going to take all of our money and they're going to spend it on the military industrial complex. And they're going to spend it on bridges to nowhere and all kinds of stupid stuff. But since they're going to take our money anyway, 
shouldn't we shouldn't we be saying hey you need to be funding healthcare for everybody you need to be funding schooling for everybody you need to fund things that are going to make our society better right not just line the pockets of your friends and and family right i, I yeah i i agree i think that like the problem like i like like that's where you want to get them i just don't know that it's possible to get them there because like there's so much that's wrapped up in like libertarian talking points there's so much that's like, like assumed when it comes to, um, when it comes to like what they say that they believe and all this other stuff that like they, they essentially couch it in almost like naturalistic, like language. Like it's almost, it's only natural that if a government develops that it's going to be corrupt is like where they automatically go. You know what I mean? Right. And like trying to like argue that point, like like I like you're right from the perspective of of like if we're going to um, if we're going to have taxes, then those taxes should go to public goods. I, like like you're obviously right when that's the case. But there's this sort of like quixotic like and like fundamentally like anti solidistic solidaristic individualist um, impulse that they just cannot kill in their brain. It's a liberal impulse, by the way, too, um, that they cannot kill in their brain, that they think that they can, like, they can make it stop. They, they, they always cast themselves as the main character, that they're, you know, the main character from the fountain. Oh, yeah. You know, no, like, I said... I've said that a million times on this show. It's like every libertarian thinks they're going to be like the warlord of their own little fiefdom. Right. And not the person who's getting run down on the, on the, the victory road, Mad Max highway, uh -huh. which they're going to be. And you, yeah. Yeah. Like, You're not going to tax to, yeah, we go back to, uh, I use him as such an example of like Walter block here in new Orleans. who's just like, he's super libertarian guy. And it's just like, dude, if, and he, he'll sit here and talk to you about like your court and my court, like when Sam Seeger court. <laughs> yeah, oh, I like, love my that. Argument is like, my man, I will duff you out. In the <laughs> world you're talking about, I will duff you out and take what's and take what's yours and call it mine. Uh huh. You know, that's what will happen. Oh, to you, but that that's friend. violating the nap, though. That's violating the nap. <laughs> what if I don't care? <laughs> that's the thing. I don't, what I don't care about your first principle. Yeah. That's what they, they're, they're living in a fantasy world. No, that, that, that is like, total fantasy world. Yeah. And like, sorry to, sorry to like, I love, I love the anarchists. Okay. I think that they're usually like super sweet people, but like the, one of the reasons that I can't like be an anarchist or I can't like, at least not at this stage in the society, like, because there's no mechanism by which you can actually do redistribution of the wealth. You know what I mean? It's not going to happen without some kind of some kind of like state mechanism that you use to separate the billionaires from their from their from their you know from their well, wealth. There's well, no I way. Love, like huh? I, I was trying to convince my mom of this, uh -huh. and I was trying to. I was like, I love anarchists too, but and I love anarchist action. I was trying to convince her that like. She was like, I'm like, mom, you're actually an anarchist because she does like a lot of charity work. I'm mm -hmm. like, you're, you're out. You're That's mutual aid. You got to love society's it. Society's good mm -hmm. outside of state of outside of state action. That's literally what anarchy is. Mm -hmm. But 
when you actually talk about like why it won't work, you're a hundred percent right because it's just the government with, with extra steps. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. So you just want, instead of having a federal government, you just want to chop up into like a million different little fiefdoms. Like we already did that. Mm -hmm. And then those, we are, we did that. It was called feudalism, even though that's technically not true because they had a King, right? but like you had all these different little warlords and then eventually they just like all go to war against each other. And they just fuse together anyway. What I can think of, what I think about the most is like, um, is feudal Japan, where mm -hmm. like all the daimyos like all fought against each mm -hmm. other until they said this is stupid, and we're just all uh, Toyotomi Hideyoshi and um, uh, Noganaba uh, no, uh, Oda had it out, and Noganaba won, and he became like shogun of Japan. Yeah. Like that was emperor. Yeah. Yeah, well, not the emperor. He was just Shogun, which oh. literally had more power than the emperor. Mm -hmm. But he was a funny guy. Like to go off on a tangent, he was a funny yeah, guy. Let's talk about let's talk about Japan. <laughs> no, I just just real quick. He was like a classic. He was like a classic uh, reactionary because he came from a lower class. Like I think a merchant. I think the merchant class, where the merchant class, like all they could be as merchants. But he like trained while you were out. You know trying to find a waifu he was studying the blade <laughs> yeah. and so he became like um he became a damyo and like blah 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 we're, you know the jordan and, peterson of his era <laughs> yeah and fought all the people and became um shogun of japan but his first act of shogun was to make it so that the um the caste system was you could no longer move you could no yeah. longer do what he did yeah, so he's he in the ladder down. Yeah, he's like you were either born in the in the warrior class, the samurai class, or you'll you'll never get there. Yeah, and I was like, how interesting. That's that's like such that's like such a a, a Western trait to just kick the climb yeah. the ladder and then kick it right down. That is literally like that is if you look at like you know a thousand years before that or two thousand. 2000 years before that you know the 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 lucius cornelius sola in in you know ancient rome after he you know sacks the city of of, of rome he essentially like creates a very specific like he basically creates it so that you basically freeze the society making it like the quote-unquote meritocracy again you know like there are steps that you could take to move up in the society or whatever but they're very 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 extremely fixed and they're very, 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 very leaned on, like the on the um, traditional values that you currently kind of have, and they're not. It's not going to change anything. It essentially like locks everything in place and freezes it. So like it's almost it's almost like there's a playbook. You know what I mean? Like a reactionary playbook that when you when you assume power, that's what you just do. It's just just to go back to where we were. It's just like we can talk about. I mean, we goof on libertarians like a lot on this show. Yeah, for good and reason. We can talk about how all they want is just to go back to um, feudalism and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, like, I understand their logic. Like, it's bad logic. Mm -hmm. But when, again, when Jen Psaki's like, oh, we can't do COVID tests for everybody. Yeah. And it's just like, well, what, what, do you, what are you talking about? Like, mm -hmm. what are you good for? Well, what what are you good for? It's like, it's like at your school, it's like at your job, you'd be like, well, we can't teach every kid, right? What? Like, I, it, it, this is a Wendy's, and I wanted a hamburger. Like, <laughs> sir, this is a Wendy's. 
Like, you're supposed to have hamburgers here. Uh-huh. If you don't, then we need to do something else. We got a problem here, don't we? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're the federal government. Like, you're supposed to do these things. Yeah. That's what the money is for. I, I, I've always just had a very... I think that's because my, you know, people who listen, like my first job ever was in the United States Marine Corps, mm-hmm. you know, as a Marine. And like, so when people tell me that like, oh, the federal government's not supposed to do this and they're not supposed to hold your hand or whatever kind of pejorative they use, they're not supposed to like take care of you from cradle to grave. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, a- actually they are. Actually, it's in the constitution that like you haven't read, but are going to like, you know, you've got some kind of weird pocket constitution next to your, yeah, next to your old Winchester shotgun. It literally says like to provide general welfare, right? Like that's what we're talking about. Like, I think medical testing goes under the the umbrella of general welfare. Like, I, I don't understand how this is so hard. I don't get it. Well, it's hard because they want it to be hard. It's hard because they 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 have their I mean, way. Oh, I understand it, why we don't get what we're supposed to get. I totally get that, mm-hmm. but I don't understand how people don't how how a lot of people do not understand that like it's as simple as I give money to the government, the government's supposed to give me services. Yeah. Well, that no. is the point of the government. But so so the, the the point of the government is for them or for people like that is that oh, I have my vision, my idea of how I think the world is going to be, and everything else is essentially just a post hoc justification. You know what I mean? Like, you just basically say, I'm against all this stuff because it doesn't align with the way I want the world to be, and reality doesn't come, doesn't even factor in. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it does. It's just, even some libertarians get this because I've I've heard people throw around words of like uh, I listen to like a lot of libertarian YouTube or whatever just to so I can get my laugh on. But I've heard some of them call it like they're like yeah we got to do like some kind of it's like when UBI was the hot thing and they're like mm-hmm. well we got to do something because like we got to have the riot tax yeah. and I'm like that's a pejorative and this guy's like rolling his eyes but he gets it mm-hmm. he gets it by like people having the material needs taken care of. Or not, uh, not even, not having to worry about their material condition mm-hmm. to a certain degree makes his life safer. Right. Like that guy gets it. Right. And it's like it's like you're not. Oh, I I don't want to turn turn this to the libertarian thing again. It's just like, but it's just like uh, you're not going to build a wall big enough. I, I want <laughs> to. It's not like, possible. Move on to something else. But it's, yeah, you're All just right. not. All right. Well, you can't build a wall tall enough. Um, you can't. Well, you are listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. What, where do you want to take it, Robert? I don't know. I mean, I want to keep going to schools because it's like, this is super interesting to me. Like, you have all the info on schools. And, like, I just, I, I want, like, an actual, like, you know, what you're giving is an actual, like, on the ground, like, what is going on in schools. I mean, so there's multiple things that are happening, like, as far as, it's really kind of wild because there's like from administration you're getting specifically act like everything is normal like like you basically have all of the same responsibilities you have to do testing you have to do all the you know expectations we're going to have school scores at the end of this year right um 
but like also you have to police masks also you know you have to essentially like deal with the current reality of covid and just have that thrown on top of whatever your actual job is too and like honestly like you know how there's guidelines from the um from the uh, cdc that essentially are supposed to be the thing that we follow and that's the justification for opening schools guess what dude you can't do social distancing you can't you can't we don't even have a mask mandate in louisiana anymore like you literally like basically my assumption prior to this week and going after it is that like <laughs> every every teacher is gonna get COVID at some kind of situation. It's almost like 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 people resign to their fate. Like I have never been more black pilled than I have been over the past you know six months <laughs> than I am now because there's no like again um, when okay here's something like specific when okay. somebody at your school test positive for COVID. You basically get an email that says somebody, it doesn't tell you who, somebody in your school tested positive. And you don't know if it's a teacher, you don't know if it's a student, you don't know nothing. And like, so you're basically like, every, whatever the thing that everybody tries to do is, you know, you see somebody in the lounge, you see somebody come through your classroom, you know, it's like, who is it? How do you figure right. it out who it is? Because they're not going to tell you. And like, they'll hide behind things like HIPAA to, um, to basically have it be like a legal justification to not let you know what's going on. But like the essentially contact tracing that you're supposed to be doing is essentially like, who have you been in contact with that, you know, may have exposed you or that you may have also exposed. And it's essentially on that person, on that individual, and no one else because they can't they don't even know that you have it unless you are a contact unless you're named as a contact it's on that person to essentially say i was you know near that person and that person and that person to um to figure out like who is a contact and like what if they forget what if they don't tell anybody what if they don't do you know what if they don't do x y or z you know so so the contact tracing is a joke um yeah. the mask right now we don't have a mask mandate that's that's a joke you know we don't have social distancing that's a joke you know so we're just essentially like like you're on your own you know you, you're just you, you're you're doing schools there's COVID here um and that's it <laughs> i mean that's just the reality now it's not it's not much more than that oh um I mean, how's it going with the new, like, where kids can be vaccinated now uh, when they're younger? Like, what, any kid? I know here in New Orleans, it's any kid above five yeah. has to have vax to be indoors um, anywhere. How's that going over in your parish? I mean, you don't have to have that in JP. It's in Orleans. You have to, like, like you have to be vaxxed if you're over five or something like that, right? Right. Um, yeah. And JP, I mean, no. I mean, I was lucky. I'm lucky in the sense that, like, I teach middle school. And for a while, it was like, you know, 12-year-olds could get the vax. Um, but, you know, they're not required to. Um, my kids, you know, I'm not going to give any kind of information on them, but but, but many of the sure. ones that I've, I've worked with um, have, 
you know, told me that they did. So I'm just like, that's great. You know, I'm very encouraging. But like, I can't say, hey, kid, go out and get the vax, go get vaccinated right. for me or whatever. Like that's that would be, I think, like technically inappropriate. But but um, yeah, it's really it's really kind of like, you know, if the kid's parents are you know like you know anti-vax or whatever, then you know I'm, I'm you know screwed in that particular case because I mean again, I'm vaxxed, I'm boosted, um, I might even have you know. Uh, might have natural immunity at this point um because i I might have covid right now i've gotten negative tests but (laughs) but but they're all been antigen tests um but essentially i don't know it's just that there's a lot more throw on teachers than there ever has been that's all that's all i kind of got yeah i i mean i just hope this isn't the last straw of just breaking the public school system because there's nothing more that there's nothing more the right wing would 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 love to happen it's just the public school systems like bottom to to completely fall out right right and they would love that and which is like like, again it's another sort of like weird dynamic in all this because you know right now the fact that there's a public school system that like exists is a miracle right but yeah. like the thing that's got me so black pilled right now is that it's still like grind like it's still grinding on the people that are in it more than i've ever seen before and i've been a teacher for a long time and i've been a, a pretty ticked off teacher for a very long time as well right. you know um and like right now seeing that there there is essentially like 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 seeing that there's so many teachers quitting and and again i mentioned him earlier in the show connor lewis uh a little while ago he um posted like the number of teachers that are like entering into the profession and teachers are quitting left and right already yeah but, like the number of teachers that are entering the profession like starting in like 2000 and, and um and like 2008 like year over year you see like twenty thousand, you know twenty two thousand, and then like I think it was around like 2010 or 2011. I don't want to, I can't remember exactly the year, but the number just like cut in half. And then around COVID it cut in half again. And now there's like, you know, just, just a fraction of the number of teachers that are, uh, that are going into that field, much less, much less, um, you know, get like becoming teachers. So that's wild too, which means that they're going to be replaced by Teach for America, people who are not experienced teachers, people who are coming in with other kinds of degrees and taking those jobs, which is like, I mean, somebody's got to do it, I suppose, but also it's, it, it leads to sort of like this um, sort of Americorization, I guess you could say, of, of education. What's, can you talk about like how much time we got left? Uh, we're about to, uh, so, um, Say, can about... you talk about why Teach for America is so bad? Because it seems like everything on its surface would be a good thing. So the the part of, I mean, again, well, okay, first off, why do you think it would be a good thing? I mean, it sounds like, hey, get more people involved in, in the teaching profession who maybe would have an interest in it and never thought that they it's like hey maybe this is something I'd want to do. Mm-hmm. Like I want to change, I want to change my life, but I've got like a degree in 
basket weaving and mm-hmm. you know i'll try giving it I, i've got things that i could you know teach the kids right so and so it seems like it would be a good thing so first off let's pause for station id and i'm not gonna get into this you're listening to whivlp new orleans 2.3 this is good morning comrade good morning comrade.com um so the problem with that is that when that i mean if that's a part of a system that recruits teachers for you know just to sort of like if you have an interest, that's, I guess, fine. But the problem arises when that becomes the model for uh-huh. how most teachers get into the profession, if you know what I mean. So if like, if you're essentially killing off the idea that people would get into, like go to college to become a teacher and, and, and sort of like get rid of it from that perspective and essentially replace it with people who are essentially, like, like people, because teach for America, like if, if you go to college to, to become an educator, you're likely to do it for 20, 30, even 40 years, right? You're, you're invested from the beginning. Teach for America people generally do it for a much shorter time. They do it almost like a, a, like a type of tourism. And then they would, they go back to their, you know, whatever management type position that they would have gotten before. So it, 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 it kind of like comes through as almost like missionary work in a certain way. And then two, it's people that swoop in. They're not union members most of the time. Um, not obviously, you know, that can vary, but for the most part, they sort of disrupt that situation as well. And that's not an accident by the, not necessarily by the people that are in it, but the people that design these programs and they, 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 they it's, it, 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 it's a disruption in that sort of sense. Does that make sense? No, it does. Mm-hmm. I just think that I just wanted you to talk about it from, cause yeah, I've, you know, the circles that we run in, mm-hmm. all I've ever heard is teach for America bad, teach for America bad, yeah, but you don't know why, but I don't have, yeah, I, I, I don't have the knowledge they tend to know to, like specifically why it's terrible. Yeah. And they tend to stay in the field for, for not as long. Obviously there's exceptions. I've known, I know some teach for America teachers that have been around, for a very long time. However, mm-hmm. um, when it comes down to it, if you look at numbers, like they're less, they're, they're, they're in the job for less, for less of a you know, long period of time than people who have been around. For, I mean, again, it, who signed up to get a degree for the profession as opposed to somebody who, you know, goes part of a, you know, it's kind of a fly by night program. Sure. It seems like a good way to, to break, uh, put a wedge between and break teachers unions yeah that's i mean that's my in my, in my view that's like the intention so there you yikes go. yeah no good no bueno not at Ooh. all mm-hmm. so what else we got going well, on uh, um <laughs> i'm more bleh. i'm waiting for I'm really spooked out. So the video game arcade that I go to, oh man, uh, had C-Cave. another had another act of violence happen. Uh, short, long story short, uh, kids stole a car and then running from the cops, rammed the car through the front of the of the uh, the our bar slash arcade, injuring some patrons. And um, that is so wild. So it's wild, and I'm just really. So first off, I'm, what I'm, is I'm what is for our progressive DA, not DA, our progressive uh, sheriff to get you know um, 
sworn in, and I just hope that this... I wouldn't even say it's an uptick in crime in the city. It's just that... It, there is an uptick, but I think not compared to compared to how how small of a major city we are there's mm-hmm. an uptick but i just hope this doesn't come back to bite our progressive da and progressive sheriff in the butt yeah can you what talk I a little bit about them about uh jason and I, I mean not i guess about jason williams mm-hmm. um but so in short we're no longer prosecuting for quote unquote like petty crime here mm-hmm. in the city um Weed possession, marijuana possession is like a no, like it's not uh, with under under a certain um, you know weight. It's not, it's a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's supposed to be some big changes uh, coming to our county jail, our parish jail. Hopefully. Which, which, by that the way, our our, our our Paris jail. Susan is... Hudson's going to bring it to us. And our. Paris jail is like draconian currently. Yeah, it's awful. Can you give us a couple examples? Um, honestly, like, not that I want to get into right now. Uh, violence. I I will just be mm-hmm. short. Violence, suicide. Um. Uh. Inmates with access to drugs. The drugs are being brought in by. The sheriff's deputies, that kind of thing. You could, I did a whole hour on this. That's why I really don't want to get into it. A couple weeks ago, if you go back into our archives, I did um, before the old sheriff got voted out, thank God. Um, but yeah, I did a whole hour on like how bad the jail is. Mm-hmm. So go back and listen to that. Um, but yeah, that's that's why I just don't want to rehash the same ground. <laughs> right, 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 right. But anyway, Sea Cave. So, so Sea Cave got... so. First off, um, they somebody stole the car and they drove it through like the front door of the yeah. building, right? Including yeah. driving it through like one human being who was a bouncer or something like that. Was he security? Um, no, he was just chilling at the bar. I oh, he's just a guy, just a just yeah, a person. Just a guy. That's wild. And so just a guy. Uh, and so basically, like the kind of the front of the building kind of got smashed in oh yeah 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 absolutely i mean like, i saw uh, some of the pictures and scott was there apparently when that happened Scott was there oh wow he said yeah <laughs> he was he was posting about it like in, in a little group chat talking about how um how oh, it was a very scary situation yeah for sure yeah but uh so sea cave yeah we just have a, a i did a again i did kind of the hour on this not that long ago we did and uh, we, we have a lot of like dumb petty crime now just like kids i mean car armed carjacking's not petty but we just have a lot of like young kids carjacking people breaking mm-hmm. into people's cars a lot of stuff like that and it's for numerous reasons um I would say COVID. Yeah, people are going stir um, crazy. Yeah, people are going stir crazy. I sure am. It's just, I just hope that, and I think this this city gets a lot of because we are like a southern metropolitan city that's surrounded by rural area, like really rural area. So people think that when crime happens in the city, they think like the world's coming to an end. Yeah, where it's just like, no, this is just a population center. Like other population centers have the same like issues. It's just that we're so kind of cut off from any other population center that people don't have anything to compare it to. And not only um, that, like it, it gives an opportunity for like 
the people from outside the city who never ever go to the city. Absolutely. The, they freak out and they're just like, they, oh my god, the city is like the wild go. west. It's so so stupid. Yeah, you you took the words right out of my mouth. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, the the sure. the, the suburb like the, the the people that did the white flight essentially the like forty years ago who haven't been to the city since. <laughs> you know, they're just like Oh my God! Like if I go to New Orleans, there's a 100% shot that I'll be uh, yeah, murdered. Yeah, I will be murdered. <laughs> Absolutely. No, you said it. Uh-huh. You said that's exactly what's the so it's thought like, process. It's like these little. I mean, I, 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 not even little. Like, like obviously, these are serious incidents that um, you know they're pretty scary, but like they're they're not it's not like it's happening all the time but it's it's, it's sort of up, upticking but like when, when, when these you know so be, i mean again i live in, in in jefferson parish i do go to the city because i think the city's awesome and i know people there and i want to do a lot of stuff there but like when when, <laughs> when they start like pushing this idea it's it gets to be like i don't know kind of terrifying like that they they start driving these narratives of i don't know like it's almost like the narrative that you keep seeing about, like, you know, national media talks about, like, oh, Southside to Chicago is just so, is so violent Absolutely. and brutal, and it's it's almost like the same exact thing on a on a smaller scale here. Despite the fact no, that that's that's a that's a great example. Despite the fact yeah, that we've had like higher murder rates in Chicago for many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of most of the crime here that happens is like. Because it's people who know each other and they they've gotten the beef on the street. Uh, that's why, I, and you know that's true because like when random crime happens, it gets blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, they it gets really blown up, and and we're not even to talk about like the super weird stuff that only happens here, like in New Orleans, like the the Bywater. The alleged Bywater killer who's like cutting people who cut Wait. his girlfriend up and threw her in a freezer. Like, Wait, that actually happened? That's oh yeah. That's I didn't know anything about you that. Didn't see about this guy? You should check out his Facebook. I don't want to put his name out there, but like yeah, I guarantee you're only like three degrees of separation from this guy. Like everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, he he allegedly Oh, like, oh, oh, the Bywater the Bywater Butcher. I know that guy. Oh you do? Oh no, yeah, no, absolutely. No, I don't know. Bywater Butcher. Hundred percent. That sounds like a. Uh, that honestly sounds like one of those like new restaurants that would pop up in the Bywater. We do, we do have like the weirdest true crime here, though. Like, yeah, that guy's gonna. That that's gonna go. I don't mean to be morbid and like nah. sounding giddy, like, but yeah, that guy's gonna go down as like he's gonna be one of those stories that we mm-hmm. tell, like Zach and Addy. Hell yeah! Ugh, so gross, dude. <laughs> so gross. I don't know. We said all this good stuff about New Orleans, but. I don't know if I make it to old. I don't know if I can be old here. Oh yeah, you'll, it's, just, you'll it's just so much, so much. So that's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. Just like weird bywater weirdos. Yeah, well, that's the. I mean, if there's any part of the city that's gonna be, you know, to our bywater listeners right now, we're looking at you a little sideways. I don't care. <laughs> get get your people. How about that? Yeah, come get your people. Fix it. Come on, yeah. Bywater folks. Y'all y'all better than that. So anyway. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway. How much time we got? Because I'm running out of We're wrapping it up right now. Uh, right, but cool. you have been listening to Good Morning Comrade. Um, yeah, check us out every 
uh, for Saturday. Uh, we're going to be working on getting a little bit more content out. I'm going to be streaming on our Twitch channel a bit more. You can come check it out at twitch.tv slash goodmorningcomrade. I think I've finally gotten the uh, the technical side fixed up, so, so that's good. Uh, you can also, uh, yeah, check out Robert on Twitter. Uh, he is at Comrade Morning. Check me out on Twitter, at Eminent Prof. Uh, and yeah, um, hopefully we can get some more stuff out there for y'all. And uh, yeah, love you. Bye-bye. Um, see you. Bye.